Do you run your own freelance business? Or maybe you're thinking about picking up some business on the side. Well, then you need FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the quickest and easiest way to get invoices out to your clients. It's easy to use. It works anywhere, available from any device, uh, on the desktop, iPhone, iPad, Android, and all of your data is backed up and secure. And it makes it really easy to get organized and get paid. You'll be tracking time, logging expenses, and invoicing your clients in no time. You can also save time billing, freeing up several days per month to focus on the work that you love, and you get paid faster. FreshBooks customers are paid on average five days faster because there's a link on the invoice that says pay me now. And it's a great way to grow your business. Plus, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day trial. That's right, 30-day trial if you try them out. So go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, for a 30-day trial, go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another My Angular Story. This week, we're talking to Kim Maida. I hope I said that right. <laughs> Maida. Maida. Awesome. Um, now, do you want to uh, give a brief introduction? We we had you on not that long ago, but... Sure, sure. Um, so my name is Kim Maida. I am the technical content lead at Auth0. Um, so basically, my job is to sort of uh, oversee the team that writes content for our blog and the marketing website. Um, so we write a lot of in-depth technical tutorials. My personal specialty is Angular. So I specifically like to write about Angular, but I also write about other sort of stacks as well and a lot of JavaScript topics. I recently became an Angular GDE, which was fun and exciting. And Congratulations. Um, I'm sort of, thank you, getting more into uh, speaking about Angular more publicly as well. Cool. Are you going to be at NGConf in a couple of weeks? I am. I'm going to be. At, I'm not speaking there, but um, I'm mentoring NG girls there. Awesome. Very cool. I'm looking forward to that. And it's right here. I, I live not that far from Salt Lake. So. Oh, nice. That's convenient. Very convenient. Cool. Well, you were on episode 170 of Adventures in Angular. We talked about NG Atlanta and a few other things. But I, I really like kind of capturing people's experience and seeing where they come from and all of those things. And I find that a lot of our listeners identify with different people for different reasons. So let's dig into your history. How did you get into programming? Okay, so this is kind of a long story, a long circuitous story. I basically learned HTML um, when I was at a summer camp when I was about 12. And it was a summer camp that was basically run by the university that I live near, which is the University of Michigan. Mm -hmm. And my friend's mom was an organizer for the camp. So although we were too young to go, uh, she got us in early. So we were about two years younger than pretty much all of the other girls. Um, and one of the, it was a week long camp. One of the short classes that they had was HTML. So I learned HTML there at a very basic level. And I discovered that I was totally in love with it. I wanted to build websites all day, every day. So I uh, made Basically, I went home and made GeoCities websites for pretty much every single little thing <laughs> nice. that I ever was interested in, like in my, you know, child life. After that, I sort of moved into, I shared hosting, I started learning WordPress, I learned a little bit of PHP, I started building forums. Um, one of the things that I did a lot was I draw, drew a lot, and um, it was all digital art. So I 
started building paint chat and oikaki boards, which is like it uses like a Java paint applet to so people can collaboratively draw together online sort of without installing any special software on their computer and so i got very into sort of building the sites that that host these these sorts of things and then after that i sort of started doing freelance i did mostly with wordpress um some with code igniter and i started providing little resources uh like starter themes for wordpress and things like that as well as design resources, because I did all my own design. And then when I went to college, though, uh, it's funny, but I did all of this sort of in my free time, and I was even doing freelance, but it never really occurred to me to get a job in computer science or programming or coding or web technologies. So I had had it in my head my entire life, basically, that I was going to go to college and be a scientist. So I studied animal behavior and neurobiology in college. Oh, wow. And I, I worked in field research for a few years after I graduated. And I sort of came to the realization that if I wanted to pursue a real career in this field, the most likely thing I would have to do is go to grad school and um, probably become a professor. And I realized I really didn't want to do that. <laughs> so I, I decided to go back to school. I went back um, for human bio, actually, to become a dietitian because I was still sort of sticking with the, the science thing. And um, when I was in school for human bio, I actually got a part-time job for the college as a web designer and front-end developer. And it was in doing this sort of part-time job that I realized that's actually what I do want to do for a living. Um, so I switched majors and I changed to web technologies, the telecommunications degree in web technologies, and realized pretty much I knew everything that I was learning in school already. And so I got a full-time job at consultancy as a front-end developer before I graduated. So I was taking like, I was leaving my job periodically throughout the day to go to classes. But um so I graduated with that degree and went out into the world and I went through a few jobs um, and eventually found myself working at a full service digital agency. I really enjoyed this work and I started out pretty junior. Like at this point, I basically barely knew jQuery. Like I mm -hmm. hadn't, I was pretty strong with HTML and CSS. I didn't really have JavaScript chops yet at this point but I could I sort of eke by. And the first project that they put me on was essentially this huge homegrown JavaScript app that I had to build from scratch. And all I knew was like a ton, like how to show and hide elements basically with jQuery. So I, I did this project. I learned a ton of JavaScript. And when I left that job, uh, about four, four years later, I was a tech lead. I was an engineering manager. Um, and I managed and led engineering teams. So it was awesome. I sort of had that opportunity to grow into the role that I sort of wanted to see myself in, basically, when I started into the into the web professionally. Um, and then after that, I joined Auth0, and here I am. Very cool. So you actually have a degree then in computer science stuff. I do. Awesome. I do. Um, but I basically, by the time I got that degree... I was already sort of doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just, it's interesting to see sort of the progression that people go through to come to this field. A lot of folks, they think, oh, well, you play with computers as a kid, you grow up knowing that's what you want to do. And it turns out that's not necessarily the case. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's funny too. I love hearing other people's stories um, about mm-hmm. their origins or their roots and they, you know, my coworkers and, and people like that. I know quite a few people actually like, I want to say three who uh, were professionally web developers and had degrees in music. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was, that was super interesting because I did, you know, sort of a similar thing myself where it came from a completely unrelated field. And, and I just love hearing people's stories that, that that's a transition that, that people can make and do all the time. Yeah, we had an episode on Ruby Rogues where we talked about that. Uh, we talked to Catherine Myers, who was an opera singer, and she kind of had this path that she took to come into programming. And yeah, it's that kind of thing where it's like, look, you don't have to be some kind of special genius that's programmed mentally specifically for software development to do this. We all bring something different to it. Yeah, absolutely. And and I really enjoy that companies, you know, don't don't sort of say, well, you can't work here unless you have a CS degree because I would almost say a majority of the people I've worked with do not. Yeah. It used to be much more that way and it's yeah, not yeah, as much sure. anymore. So Definitely interesting. So how did you wind up doing Angular then? So the agency that I worked for was technology agnostic is sort of what we called it. Uh It basically meant that we would learn whatever stack was required um, to best suit the needs of the client. Okay. So that it could mean the client came in with specific requirements. And if we didn't already do that, then we would learn it and start to do it. Or we might just research the landscape and assess the client's needs and say, well, based on your needs, we feel that this particular stack would be the best fit for you. Right. Um, so a client came in and they actually brought with them the requirement that we use AngularJS to build a web app. And mm-hmm. at that point, nobody in my company had ever touched Angular before. At this point, I believe this app was built in AngularJS version 0.8. Mm-hmm. And so they had the requirement that we build it like from scratch. So it wasn't like an existing thing that... that they already had and, and that we edited. So we were able to sort of take that and learn Angular as we built the from the ground up um, application. And I happened to be engineers working on that project. So I had sort of the privilege of learning Angular JS. And then once I'd done that, we basically proceeded to take on a lot more Angular JS projects, um, started seeing applications of where we could use it for clients when we had the choice to sort of choose and recommend um, what what we think would be the best fit for them. And I sort of became the de facto Angular developer mm-hmm. in that way. And I ended up taking on more and more AngularJS projects and they uh, continued to essentially grow in scale um, as, as we sort of took on more in that area. We, we had enough sort of in-house experience at that point to say, we can build AngularJS apps to people rather than them coming in and saying, I um, have an AngularJS app. Can you help me at all? Right. So that, that was, it was a cool progression to add that to the repertoire of expertise that the agency had. Nice. So I'm kind of curious because Auth0, when I, th- when I think of Auth0, I'm generally thinking more along the lines of authentication and they work in all kinds of different frameworks and languages and systems. So how did you wind up working over there for them? Yep. So basically what happened was I was leading and managing engineering teams at the agency that I was at. 
And it gets to the point where I wasn't doing a whole lot of development anymore. Um, most of my time was spent in meetings and I was working super long hours. Uh, there were a few times where I worked 100 hour weeks and I'd actually just had it pretty recently too. So I was getting pretty burned out and I was starting to really miss uh, coding. So I started looking for something else um, to get back into engineering. Mm-hmm. And a couple of people at Auth0 that I knew actually I met and hung out with them at NGConf and I want to say 2015, 2016, 2015, I think. Um, And hanging out with them, they worked at Auth0. They sort of told me about what Auth0 was like. And they said, well, we have this team at Auth0. I said, you know, I've done authentication before, but I would I would not consider myself an expert at right. it by any stretch of the imagination. So like, I don't really, I'm not sure that this is a good fit for me. And um, they actually worked as technical writers for us zero. And they sort of told me, well, we have this, this team in the marketing department that actually does a lot of sort of R and D stuff. And the, most of the technology at us zero is actually built in JavaScript and node. A lot of it uses react in the actual product. But as far as the marketing team's endeavors, they sort of can write about pretty much anything they want, as long as it ties back into authentication in some way. So I guess uh, a, a good example of this would be we had one of our writers recently wrote a series of blog posts on building games with React and SVG. And the way that he sort of tied authentication into that was he built a leaderboard. Mm-hmm. To, to keep scores in the app. So when I sort of heard about this opportunity where I could do a lot of code, I could essentially write about whatever I wanted, research new technologies um, in whatever areas that I wanted, that sounded extremely appealing to me. Uh, so I applied. And in the process of sort of working for Austria, I learned a heck of a lot more about authentication, how authentication works, about security, and all of that sort of thing. So it, it wasn't Fortunately, it wasn't like a mandatory thing where you you had to sort of know everything there was to know about authentication before you could before you could join up. Very cool. So, what are you working on these days? So these days, I have actually gotten back into management. So I'm writing a little bit less now than I was for for a period of time there, but I'm okay with that because I still get to write and I'm doing more speaking now. So I am also able to work on some of our things like the documentation for quick starts. So I've had a chance to work on our Angular quick start. And also I'm working on building an Angular SDK for Austero. So, and those are all open source, which is, which was another really cool thing to me that they open sourced a lot of um, the, the SDKs and libraries. And um, so I am speaking at, I'm going to mentor Angie girls at ng-conf and I'll be doing a real short talk there about authentication. And then I'm also going to be speaking at Angular Up in June in Israel. And I'll be speaking at Angular Mix in Orlando later this year as well. Very cool. So what what's your favorite thing that you've done with Angular? What I guess what's the coolest thing, the thing you're most proud of? Personally, I really like writing the tutorials mm-hmm. because it gives me a chance to sort of learn things about Angular that I didn't previously know. And in doing so, I get to teach other people. And right. um, I've done a couple things I did in order to sort of teach myself how the some of the more the other uh, RxJS observ- or, um, operators worked. 
I basically wrote a tutorial that used web speech API and um, used things like fork join and zip and things like that, which mm -hmm. I never actually had the opportunity to use. Um, basically because I started doing Angular at Auth0, so it was very sort of toy apps, R&D style work. And the the big production enterprise level apps that I was building before at my previous job were actually in AngularJS. So writing the more in-depth tutorials gives me an opportunity to learn some of the more advanced techniques in Angular that I haven't had to apply as in like a production application for a client. So I really like doing the sort of deeper technical dives to uh -huh. tutorials. And I wrote like an eight part series, which I really enjoyed because it basically allowed me to build a real world app in Angular, even though I didn't technically have like a client or anything like that, who I was sort of serving this up for. That makes sense. So is it mostly then for the learning opportunities that you enjoy it or is there some other aspect? Yeah. So I also do consulting. It's it's mostly on the level of architectural consulting. So that's where I have sort of the opportunity to work a little bit with. I don't work directly with the clients. Um, mm -hmm. Like I do consulting for like an agency and I work with the agency team and then they might have a client. But I wouldn't actually interface with the client. I'd interface with the, the senior leads at the agency. And that's sort of gotten me back into thinking along the lines of here's how real-world Angular apps built for clients are working right now, you know, sort of in the Angular landscape. Right. And that's interesting and fun to me. I would probably, if I had more time, I'd probably consider doing a little bit of freelance work mm -hmm. to sort of touch live things that will actually be used by, you know, hundreds or thousands of people rather than just people who are building apps because they're, they're reading tutorials. Right. That's really cool. So what, what, in your opinion, makes a good tutorial? So I think um, it's definitely all about breaking it into digestible pieces. And I think one, so one of the things that I've seen tutorials do that I know that I didn't like really was that they would sort of take something, they would write up like a little tiny piece, it would sort of work, but then they'd have things in there that didn't work yet because you haven't written like the rest of the parts that hook into it. And and mm -hmm. then they just say, and this will work like eventually in step 10, even though we're on <laughs> step two. And I was like, but that's not how people build apps for real. Um, like I, I want to sort of take it step by step and I would rather have a tutorial that sort of has like the bare bones version. You, you build that out and then as you're going, you continue to build on top of it. And um, I think that that approach, I mean, personally, that approach works best for me when I'm trying to learn something because it actually forces me to to know what I'm doing right. as I'm following the tutorial instead of just like copying and pasting the whole thing and just assuming, oh, this is going to work, um, even though I don't really understand how it works. No, that makes sense. I also think like having the gotchas is one of the things that's most valuable about writing and reading tutorials is like things that tripped up the person who was writing the tutorial will probably trip up other people who are trying to learn it as well. And if they can cite that and point that out and say, Hey, you know, this is, this is something that's just really good to know. It's a small tip. Um, having that information in the tutorial so that you commit it to memory and say, Oh, so anytime I encounter this, like now I know what to do. Cool. Well, uh, the last part of this episode is picks. Do you have some things you want to shout out about? 
For you, the listeners of My Angular Story, Loot Crate is offering an opportunity to save 10% on any new subscription at LootCrate.com. Just enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Loot Crate is one of my favorite things. Every month I get a box in the mail, costs less than $20, and it comes with all kinds of goodies. I have stuff from just looking at my shelf, Batman, Spider-Man, Ninja Turtles, Back to the Future, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and much, much more. So if you're a geek, a gamer, anything like that, and you want cool stuff to put around your office, uh, cool t-shirts, comic books, etc., then definitely check out Loot Crate. To save 10% on your new subscription, go to lootcrate.com slash ruby. Again, that's lootcrate.com slash ruby to save 10% on any new subscription. Enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Uh, sure, yeah. So I actually was going to pick Alyssa Nichols' uh, Diversify NG Comp fundraiser, and then I looked at it and realized it closed two days ago. But what, what she had been doing there was raising funds to send under people from underrepresented groups to NGConf 2018. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it was really awesome that she was doing that. And then Frosty actually uh, said that the conference would match up to $5,000 um, yep. for whatever was raised for that. So that I thought that that was an awesome thing um, to, to have out there, to have people contributing to and to, to give people a chance to go who might not otherwise be able to go because it is a costly conference. So unfortunately, the fundraiser is closed now, so you can't uh, contribute to it anymore. But I would still pick it as something something cool that, that was done. Also, I, I, this is sort of older now, but I watched Altered Carbon and I thought that it was really excellent. Not I haven't actually, I admit I haven't read the books, so I don't have that that background, but I really enjoyed this series. And I feel like... So not only was it exciting and, and you know, the, the story was complex and it was like action as well as like a mystery, but um, it had an amazingly diverse cast mm-hmm. and that really impressed me. And, and I just thought everybody did, like all the cast members did an amazing job and it was just really cool to see that many people from different backgrounds um, sort of being portrayed um, in an exciting show that a lot of people were watching and, and I just thought they, they did that really well. Cool. I've heard about altered carbon, but I haven't actually watched it. So that's a good one. It's a good one. You should definitely check it out. Huh, maybe I will. So, um, I've got a couple of picks last night. My wife and I went and saw ready player one. If you are paying attention to NG conf at all, you'll know that that is the theme for NG conf this year. I think last no two years ago it was uh, they did it on May the fourth and so it was Star Wars. Yes. Anyway, they they always do something kind of fun and a little bit out there uh, for NGConf, which makes it a different experience. So anyway, saw the movie. If you haven't read the book and you want to go see the movie, go see the movie first. Just do yourself a favor and go see the movie first, <laughs> because I went in there with certain expectations and I thought it was really nice that uh, the overall theme they had the Oasis. And all the characters had the same names. So it, it was a nice movie if you want to relate it to the book that way. But the plot, like the, the the major plot elements, and I'm talking like super high level major plot elements, were similar. But it by no means captured the story of the book. So if you if you want to go see the movie, I recommend you go see the movie first and then go read the book. And that way you're... It kind of spoiled... I, I thought it was a decent movie, but I was kind of spoiled on it because... 
I really wanted something that kind of captured the flavor of the book and the movie really didn't. So, but, but we see that a lot, so I shouldn't have been that surprised. I've definitely heard that about Ready Player One. <clears throat> yeah. So anyway, but I, I loved the book. Absolutely loved the book. Um, anyway, so yeah, so that's one pick. Another pick is if you go to Adventures in Angular, I am working on getting a link in that will allow you to make suggestions for show topics. So as Kim and I are talking right now, it's not there. I'm going to be putting it in this week. So it'll be out before this episode's out. But if you if you go to Adventures in Angular or to any of the episodes, you'll see the subscribe links and then subscribe by email where you can enter an email address and hit subscribe. And then um, below that, there will be something that will allow you to suggest a topic. And so you can go in and you can put something in that says, hey, talk to this person about this thing on Adventures in Angular. If you don't have any ideas, that's fine. You can actually go in and upvote the ideas that are already there. So uh, just to put that out there, that's all there. And uh, I don't know if I have any other picks, so I'm going to go ahead and just uh, ask one more question, and that is if people want to see what you're working on these days, if they want to, I don't know, follow you on Twitter, GitHub, or if you have a blog or anything like that, where do they go? Sure, yeah. My Twitter is Kim Maida, K-I-M-M-A-I-D-A. And I'm pretty active on Twitter. And then also my GitHub is KMida. And other than that, I write on the Austero blog. So it's austero.com slash blog. I don't have a whole lot of posts right at this moment because I'm mostly doing sort of managing and speaking style stuff. But if you search for Angular uh, as a topic, I've written a lot of the more recent Angular posts. And I would love people to check those out and... Uh, let me know if they have feedback or if there's something that you want to see us write about or if you want to see me write about it, about Angular, um, please let me know. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you for coming and talking to us. And I'll keep an eye out for you at NGCom. Great. Awesome. Looking forward to it. All right, folks. We'll catch you all next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.